Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Average Superstar TV. I'm your host, Lauren Lepre. Please give me that humble privilege and hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. And this week, we go back into the independent movie world. I, my guest this week is an independent film director. Uh, he's Got his, he, like me, he's got his hands in a lot of things. He is the director of Unlisted Owner, 13 Slaves to Christmas. He's also a writer for AMC official channel, like 1031 Part 3. But uh, with that, I welcome Jeb Bryan to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, brother. Well, um... I'm sure you got a nice history here. When did you know you wanted to be in the film business? Um, I would say after I saw Eli Ross Hostel. That's, I mean, <laughs> I, I always loved films. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I, ever since I was a kid, I'd watch, you know, like Vincent Price's House on Haunted Hill, or watch, you know, Scooby-Doo or King Kong versus Godzilla, stuff like that. And, you know, like war movies like Gettysburg and Westerns like Tombstone. And, uh, but whenever I, you know, I saw some friends, we had heard all these stories about Hostel and we rented it and watched it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like real life horror. Like you go to a different country, you put your trust in the people you don't know. And, you know, the crazy stuff that can happen and come out of that. It just made me realize that you could take real life fears. It doesn't have to be like a monster. It can be re reality based. And, you know, so I just started trying to put my own fears into script, like ideas and stuff into script form. And that's kind of how I started. Yeah, I totally get you with that as much as like, you know, hostile, you know, yeah. had a crazy premise. I always had a we all have our own fears in life. Wasn't that I thought that would happen, but I always have a phobia of if I'm in another country and I get in trouble, like yeah. they, hold, they detain you for a year. Like that's a big fear of mine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's true. It's a reality. I mean, it's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's 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 ridiculous. So that before the juice of what hostile is was was scary enough to me. But yeah. so yeah, so you know that was what about like 2007 was was hostile. Yeah. Yeah, I think 2000. Yeah, because I think I was a year out of high school. So how how much further? Like, did you dive right in, or and how what how did you start? Did you go to school? Did you grab a camera with a few friends and try a few things? Yeah, I actually originally went to school. I went to ITT Tech, you know, the defunct school uh, for digital entertainment game design, and uh, they showed us a little bit about video editing, and I. I had saw hostile and I had some ideas in my head and then I kind of fell in love with that aspect of it instead of actually like 3d modeling and, you know, game, you know, coding and stuff like that. So, um, I wrote a script called meth house and then decided, you know, I'd kind of like to just see if I could actually make something. So I got my friends together and we did like a little teaser trailer. So we just, I took a, like a, a little scene from meth house and we recorded it and put it out on YouTube, but it never really went anywhere. And then we did like a GoDaddy commercial contest to get some more, you know, of experience. And we got like, I think we got like eighth out of 539 videos in the community boat, which was insane. Wow. So, but then from there, that's whenever we decided, okay, let's try for a feature. And that's when we went into unlisted owner. So, I mean, what, where you where you are, is there like an actual film, uh, like, like a film community? Is there only a few handful? Is it very big? <clears throat> 
It, it's it's pretty small around here. I've, like when I started, I didn't know of anybody else like anywhere close to me that was doing what I was doing. But uh, since I started, uh, there's been some people that I've met that kind of started like a little bit after me or maybe around the same time. But I mean, you know, it's, you know, we all get along great. Uh, actually, uh, one of them is called Moonlight Films. They're based out of uh, Linton, Indiana. And they have actually, I've acted, let's see, they just came out with a, a film. I think it was, I think a couple of weeks ago, it's called Grim Reaper 2, actually star in that one for them. Good. So, and then, Good. and then when I did 1031 part three, they came over and uh, were uh, extras in that one for me. So, it, you know, we all kind of try to help each other if we can. That, and, you that's know. beautiful, but there's really was no like go-to person. So basically I'm trying to get as you kind of, you kind of learn on the fly and like, yeah. Any questions you have? I guess you talk to online filmmakers from around the country. Like, or, or, how, how did that work? Well, whatever we just fall on your face, like a lot of us yeah, do, live and learn. Yeah, yeah pretty much. We uh, so we did. Uh, so we did when we did unlisted owner. Uh, me and my friend Tyler, we uh, we co-wrote it together, and then it's a found footage film. I knew that you know something traditional. I didn't have, you know, the resources or to be able to make a crew to be able to, you know, make this thing, especially with little to no money. So uh, I kind of wrote the characters around my friends, like, you know, different characteristics and the way they speak and, you know, kind of applied them to the characters in the story. And uh, after we made it, it was kind of like, OK, well, film festival route. I mean, we saw what Paranormal Activity had done. So we tried to submit to several different festivals and we didn't get into a single one. And I was like, OK, well, you know, there was no like really at that point in time, like 2013, 14. There was no like Facebook community that I, you know, Facebook was a lot different than, than it is now, you know, as far as like the groups and, you know, who was on there at that point in time. So it was kind of like, you know, kind of try to figure this out on my own. And then we ended up going out to the American film market in Santa Monica and we showed it twice out there, which that was an expensive trip, but yes. I was able to get a just a distribution deal. And then that kind of just opened up a lot of doors after that. Can I, can I, uh, number one, I got a good, uh, a comment. You, you said you submitted that to film festivals and then getting the one I, I, yeah. I, I just give you kudos for that. Cause there's so many filmmakers like my film's doing great. Oh, it's awesome. Everybody loves it. It's got a big fan base in Africa. But like, like no, no one, no one ever likes to admit like the, the road wasn't, you know, paid yeah. perfectly. I hate that, you know? Yeah. So, but that's great. Can I ask about the American film market? I mean, did you feel the sharks there as well? It was, it was kind of intimidating, uh, you know, cause I'm, you know, I'm just from a small town in Southeastern Illinois and I made this film with my friends. Uh, we showed it uh, twice. Uh, we did like a little showing here locally. We had 220 people come and we gave them surveys and they told us, you know, what they thought of it. They didn't put their names on it or anything. Yeah. So, and you know, it was, you know, relatively yeah, good. What was it? It was technically a test screening. Was, yeah, 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 yeah. Focus. Yeah. We called it a focus group showing. And yeah. then we showed it at a movie theater in Evansville. And we actually had, which Evansville is about an hour and a half from where I'm where I'm located. So, you know, it wasn't like a bunch of local people coming and we actually had 99 people that bought tickets to come see it, which was amazing. And, um, so, you know, with, with the confidence with that, just because, you know, some people who ran film festivals were not a fan of it, or they, you know, had, you know, there's only so much time in a festival. They didn't have enough time to put us in. So I decided, uh, after I found out about the American film market, just, to to jump in. And it was, I mean, it was intimidating. I mean, you know, they, they give you a list of all these different buyers 
And, you know, I spent weeks or actually months prepping beforehand, going to all these different distributors websites and saying, hi, you know, my, I'm writer director, Jed Bryan. I'm a film unlisted owner. Um, I see that you have found footage films in your, you know, catalog, you know, mine, uh, mine is also found, you know, just trying to get these meetings set up, you know, and a lot of them, you know, you never hear back, but I mean, you know, you have, you have really small, uh, distributors there and then you have the big dogs like you know jerry Brockheimer films is there lions gates there you know lakeshore me i mean all these bigger you know distributors are there looking for content as well so it was it was kind of cool and um we did a mini booth so basically they take a hotel they take the lowe's hotel in santa monica they take all the beds all the furniture out of all the rooms and uh, they split the room in half. So actually, I had uh, another half of a room with another filmmaker. But a lot of people there had multiple films. And I was like there with just one film. I'm just trying to get someone to, to pick up. But, uh, but you know, I mean, there was, there was a lot of like, you know, high pressure situations to where, you know, I had one guy that was wanting me to sign a deal right then and there. Yep. And but he hadn't even he didn't even want to see the trailer hadn't seen the movie and he wanted me to sign right and they there. were they were so they the uh, jump in for any filmmakers listening you know where i'm going they want a content more than yeah. what what was your you know yeah. what you were selling yeah i mean it could have been you know like he wanted me to sign the deal i mean this thing you know it could have been x rated you know he yeah. you know he did, he didn't care he was just you know Yes, let's that's, sign that, now. that's the big thing that's been going on for a good like 10 years is like you get all these distribution companies that are trying to get streaming platforms on, on Comcast and everywhere. And it's like when they go to show their package, they got to show we've got a catalog of a thousand films right here. And they're like, oh, look. So they don't look out for the filmmaker's best interest. No. And we're, we're the ones that lose. The only glory we have is this maybe like, Hey, look, it's Tubi, it's, you know, Sumo yeah. and wherever, wherever you land, but they're, they're not customer friendly. Um, sometimes like I see my movie pops, both of them pop up on platforms that I never even heard of. And that's good. I'm not complaining. You, you want your move, but I just wish an email or a phone call, like, right. so I could tell other people, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. you just, they, the, the communication between all that is is it's horrible. It's like yeah. you got to go hunt your own movie. Yeah, you got You have to. I mean, I've Google searched unlisted owner so many times. I mean, it just make your head spin. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know one thing after another. But yeah, whenever you you know have a distributor like that, it's like you know you're trying to guess where it's gonna go. And then you have people asking you all the time and you're like, I don't know. And it's just, it makes it really it, hard. It's, it's, it's weird. Cause they dangled the steak in front of your face. Like, Oh my God, I came here for this and it, and I could get picked up. But you know, I've said several times on this, on my show here. And as any time I've been a guest on other people's shows, you know, my advice and probably you share the same, is when you have a film and you're going to try to get it to a distribute uh, distribution company, is to contact filmmakers that are signed to that distribution company and say, "Hi, I'm such and such. I'm just curious for your honest feedback. Could you tell me how this distribution company has uh, treated you?" Yeah, yeah. And I, you I always say, like a good five to ten. You know, oh, yeah. always, always do your, you know, your diligence. I mean, this right. is your child. Yeah, you know, that's and what a film is. It's a child. You don't want to just give it away to give it away. 
Right. And then also, you know, you get, at the same time as a filmmaker who has been you know, contacted by somebody, you have to be very careful what you say, because sometimes in your contracts, there's, you know, non-disclosure agreements, and yep. what you can and can't say. So, you know, a simple, you know, I haven't I haven't seen a dime. You know, that's just, you know, e- easiest thing to say is like, you know, well, I haven't seen a dime. That's all I'm saying yep. about it. You know, I haven't yeah. gotten any money. So, you know, and, and it's it's sad that that happens more, uh, more often than not. It, it, it's it's they, they prey on people like you and I that don't have that. They're still working real world jobs and you're trying to make your real dream come to life after work. They know people like us can't lawyer up and defeat them. So they basically say, come at us, you know, and they'll bleed you out. They'll bleed yeah. people like us out of money. So it's the dark side of the film business, but yeah. then you have to put that question to yourself of is what, what's more important, like my right. art and creating right. it or, you know, the, the dread of losing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, it's, you know, I've, I've heard some horror stories about people signing distribution deals there was this uh these one filmmakers that are at the american film market and they had a documentary and they had signed before they went to afm and like the hollywood reporter had interviewed them and like all this stuff and i mean there were reviews out and they'd been to festivals and everything and um to this date their film still has not been released Mm. and and i went in 2016 that's that's no, that's wow. Six yeah. years, six years of acid in your mouth, man. God bless yeah. that whoever that is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a ride, and you know I'm I'm here in Philadelphia, so at least where I started, I didn't realize wasn't the right place to be. You know, you're kind of hanging with a million people that do short films and king 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 for a week or two, and then. Yeah, we all flocked at the next film, and you're not realizing no one's using lighting or audio for a while until someone calls it out that you know it's from a bigger shark place like New York. And you know, I I I was always good at it's okay. You could you could tell me anything. I'm not gonna tell you. I completely agree, but you're not gonna hurt my feelings. I I prefer to hear honesty, and my network little by little starts spreading around the country and then around the world. So. It's like you just said, 2013, you know, you're, you're new, you're, you're, you're in the middle of the country. As you said, stated earlier, you don't, you didn't have a lot of filmmakers to even kind of use as a help desk. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, I, I just, I just started off listening to the other people like, well, this seem they, they seem excited. It must be going somewhere. And before you know it, these films never leave. Yeah. And then I call it in the question and I'm the bad guy, but, uh, you know, you just gotta, you gotta find your footing. You gotta, you could, any idea you have and you see someone else do it, I will, I will hit them up direct. Like that, I loved what you did. I'm kind of looking to, you know, do, add that effect that you did. Can I talk to you, you know, some night yeah. on chat, like, and then just, you know, explain yeah. how you did it. it. It's a different world. Cause too, and even in editing, you could, you could YouTube have, like all your questions and stuff yeah. like the world's, yeah. A lot better now for a filmmaker. It really, oh. it really is. Oh yeah, I mean, and there's been some, you know, and it's it's pretty awesome to see how there's 
been new distribution companies come out of this that are ran by filmmakers who were, you know, went down the rocky road that so many of us have went down and said, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way to where, you know, these people who are putting all this time and effort into their films can get some cut of their, you know, some profit back to be able to put into the next project. Cause you know, I'm pretty sure any other indie filmmaker that's, you know, and, and, you know, on our level, they don't, they're not looking at it as, you know, when their film gets out there, they want to make all this money and be rich and retire. They just want to take the money they got and put it into the next project to make something even bigger and better. Cause all of us have these bigger ideas and these bigger uh, plans that we want to do, but the funding's just not there. And that's all that, you know, most of us want is just to be able to get money back, to be able to buy new equipment, to be able to get new locations, to be able to get some, you know, people with some star power in their next project. And just honesty too, you know, yes. like, like even if you don't make it all back, at least you're getting something and you, yeah. you, you know, you're in good hands, you know, that's, that's, that, right. that's a whole other thing when you right. hand that, that film off to the next person. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I, I, I see you, you've done, you've done conventions before. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've done days of the dead. Uh, I actually just did, I went up just for one day, but I did flashback weekend in Chicago. Uh, I'm also actually going to be doing, uh, I'm going to be a guest at Franken or bride of Franken con in Knoxville, Tennessee next year. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that That's I just great. Announced it tonight. So. so you, you, between everything you did, you, 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 you moved up to that level and that, yeah. that, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, for like days of the dead and stuff, you know, I have a, you know, I usually, you know, uh, get a vendor table and, you know, have copies of unlisted owner that I sell because I have the, the physical rights to it. So I'm able to to do that. And, you know, we even got VHS now, which is pretty, pretty awesome. You know, to have that, a VHS that's copy. great. So I, you know, I, I, at times so I've done the same thing as you when I would push my dark military film in, in Pennsylvania hardcore. But I mean, how are the fans responds response you know it's weird with cons because sometimes like everybody knows you and other times it's like it's hit or miss yeah you know you're, yeah yeah that like you swallow it damn like <laughs> this one wasn't the best but uh yeah. it's 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 when you do cons my eyes like you're doing business but you also have to separate yourself of this is what i loved when i was growing up and like yeah. you're you're still kind of there as a fan and and i yeah. think if you lose that what's the point of it Right. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, you know, it's such a cool feeling. You know, I was at days of the dead in Indy and I think it was 2020 whenever COVID was going on. And uh, one of the volunteers there came up to my table and uh, she had bought my movie the day before and stuff and had me sign it. And she brought her lanyard to me and she says, will you sign my lanyard? And I looked at it and I had, uh, you know, the uh, Rico Browning, who was the original creature from the Black Lagoon, had signed it. David Naughton from American Werewolf in London. Tony Moran, you know, all these guys had signed this lanyard. And I was getting ready to I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, I, I need to take a picture. After I sign this, I want to take a picture of this because this is just a, such a cool moment, you know, because, I mean, deep down, you know, all of us indie filmmakers are fans of film, you know, fans of actors and directors. It's just it's just surreal to see, you know, your name right there beside these other people and a, a stranger that you have no idea who they are is asking for you to, to sign something. It was just such a, it's such a cool feeling. It is amazing feeling. It's also amazing feeling like I was no, no one particular, but like any of the cast members of like Halloween or Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, like 
you might have their number now on your cell phone and like they might be talking to you like do you have any films coming on you're like me like like can I, yeah i'm hoping i can do something with you somewhere else but uh yeah, yeah. so it's 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 an awesome feeling slash like makes you also feel like wow did i arrive you know you, you have that too and it, it yeah it's an it's awesome i think that convention for horror movies you know particular i mean if you're not going to the conventions to me it's literally impossible to get anywhere yeah. Like, like, unless you just hit one of the best home runs of who the hell did this, did this person come out? It's the bet. It's fun. The bar life after of like me getting to actually get a chance to hang out with some people, go out to dinner and all that stuff. I mean, it's the bet. You, you can't, you can't go to a networking event and get something that intimate. You just can't. No, it's, it's, it's always a blast. I, I mean, I, every, every convention I go to, no matter how big or how small, you know, I always end up making new friends or meeting, you know, new people or learning something that I didn't know before. And it's just, you know, it's, it's such a cool, cool experience, you know, and then, you know, to be on a con panel, is just really, you know, oh. surreal. I mean, because, you know, I, you know, YouTube, I don't even know how, like, you know, Comic-Con, you know, all these people up there that are, you know, like you know the rick and morty and all that stuff and then you're you're turn around then you're there and people are asking you questions about indie filmmaking and you know how you were able to do what you did yeah it's it's a beautiful world and and you're you're giving back to the fans because you could see yourself in them you know you yeah. could be talking at a q a to, to the next biggest filmmaker and they, yeah. they could be asking you the questions i mean it, it's it's amazing. I also love, like, like you said, Days of the Dead. I just did a Texas Frightmares when I was down there a couple months ago. But I mean, they had some excellent, they had an excellent amount of films of indie films. And like, I'm like running around. I can't wait for the Q and A. Like, I'm looking at the screen, and then I'm like, that was so good. I bet them actors are like, I want to talk to them now. Like, I just think yeah. it's, it's so cool to support each other. And I think for a guy who I've, I've ran. 26 film events in Philadelphia, My, you know, it's kind of like unofficially done right now, but freedom shorts and Liberty massacre. And I understand what it's like. You want to let them know they did a good job. It's, it's very, no one wants because I've been on both sides where everybody runs up to you and says the greatest things I've also done. where like, it's just, and then they walk out and you're just like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to make it. Am I, you know, you kind of have that like reality check, you know? Yeah. So, you know, that doesn't mean your film was bad. Just maybe the crowd wasn't enthused, you know, right. the whole day. Who knows? But yeah, I saw uh, I saw an interview that um, oh, the guy who directed Super Troopers. Gosh, I can't think of his name. The guy that played uh, to played Ramathorn. He uh, he did an interview where he was talking about how uh, they had a film that they made and it made, went to Sundance and stuff. And uh Harvey Weinstein was supposed to pick it up or was interested in it. And uh, they did some showings. And when Harvey showed up, they said the whole audience changed because they were film students. The audience yeah. was. And when he showed up, they changed. And then they started critiquing the film and they acted different. And he that's why he did not pick it up. And then whenever they were trying to get Super Troopers made, they couldn't get anybody to pick it up the script to get it made. And he had some friend whose dad had retired from the baking industry and 
he uh, wrote a script and he wanted to know, since they'd actually made a film, wanted to see what he had thought of their of the script. He said, oh, and by the way, send me something that you've written. So he sent him Super Troopers. And he said, this thing's pretty good. What are you guys doing with it? And he goes, oh, nothing really. No one's no one's pick, uh, no one's optioned it. And he goes, well, you think you could do it for a million dollars? That's how it, wow. it just something just like that, just because of somebody that he knew. It's just, you know, you never know sometimes things, opportunities just fall on your lap after years of trying. Yeah, it's unfortunate what he said about, though, about when he showed up, like all the film students turned into gods and technically yeah. set this film director back that yeah, this may, he may never have succeeded. He may have yeah. had a fade out of it. Like, you know, that, yeah. I try not to, you know, you know, when you watch something, you're just like, but like if they're your friend or something, if they really need to hear it and they're asking, I will let them know in the most nicest way I could, but yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't slander. So like what, not throwing an opportunity. Yeah. If well, anything, I would cheer the film, you know, I didn't like it. Right. And, and that's but, the thing. I think there's a lot of, a lot of people out there that whenever they watch any films, especially they're, they, they're thinking they're, they're going to be watching, you know, a Leonardo DiCaprio film or Tom Hardy film, you know, and they don't, you don't think like, okay, this is something that, you know, is low budget independent. Yeah. And, and, you know, and to me, it's like, yeah, I mean, I've watched movies that to me, I'm like, ah, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but you know, at the end of the day, you still got to give the person credit because, you know, it takes so much to be able to make a, a, especially a feature length film. I mean, short films hard, but I mean, especially a feature length, I mean, all the work that goes into that through the, you know, the planning and preparation, you know, continuity and all that stuff, you know, even if maybe the story's not the greatest, I mean, if they hit on, you know, if, they, if they're able to make a completed film, I mean, that's, you know, bravo, you know, I mean. That's you, the full you, point for me right there, no matter how, yeah. how bad it is after that, th yeah. that it was done. Yeah. Because you, you and I know how many people start films and they never come to life. Yeah. It's true. It's very true. Yeah, but it's it's weird. And like you said, you have to also I don't say coddle that what what you just said about like the reviewer and stuff, like when they say indie, because I mean by dark military film, we really let the woods up. Like you know, we, we had sky lifts shining down. I mean the lighting was amazing and I got that movie cost money. It should have cost way more, but I called in a lot of favors. But I mean, I literally had some people like, I like the film. I just would have liked to have seen maybe more of the woods on fire and explosions. And I'm just like, <laughs> dude, like, like, <laughs> like, like, like you're all oh, I'm sitting there all day. I'm so happy. I'm getting it done, but I'm literally counting money in my head. Like, all right, four more days. <laughs> Here's yeah. the budget. And you want me to blow the woods up? No, you, you just yeah. don't get it. You, just, yeah. you don't get it. <laughs> I think they think a lot of these people think indeed that they, they still think it's like a $2 million film. Yeah. Because instead of a 200 million, it's 2 million. Like, no, no, it's not 2 million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gosh, if someone if someone gave me a million dollars, I could do so much cool stuff. You know, that's the that's the thing. It's like that's pro that's to me, that's a dozen films easy. If I want to oh. keep stretching it even more yeah. into that, like oh, that, yeah. yeah, you could, you know, you could reality if you if you it sounds like you did this with uh the unlisted owner when you said you were writing around your friends' personalities and stuff. I wrote the dark military around the network I had, meaning I yeah. knew someone would had this amazing set of woods that was private. And, yeah. you know, I, I just knew offices that I could use. I wasn't going to be like, 
I need to go into Philadelphia or New York where I had to get all these permits and no, I wrote yep. what I knew I could get. Yeah. What, what's, plausible. What, yep. what, what's plausible. And, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of indie filmmakers that, that run into that problem when they're writing a script. I mean, you know, not necessarily, you know, hold back like what you're feeling, but try to, like, I always try to write my scripts around what I know it, uh, that I can make with yes. what resources because, you know, like an unlisted owner, you know, you saw the fire trucks, you saw the ambulance, you know, you saw the the guy in the body bag, you know, and I'm a volunteer firefighter. So I had access to you know, ah. the, the fire. And I'm uh, actually Tyler who is, who's in the film was actually a police officer at the time. So, you know, so that's how that, we were able to, I was, I was going to bring that up. Cause when like the beginning of the movie, when, you know, the murders already happened, I saw like people coming out in the stretcher. I'm like, yo, he's not like this looks <laughs> this to me you, you captured what i would thought i would see in the 80s watching with my parents like a body you know we'll get yeah. out comes up you know the firemen followed yeah. by i was like look at this so yeah they're all real first responders that were you know in that i mean we've we've actually you know we've unfortunately we've had to to do you know situations like that to where you know you had to carry a body or, you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's not like it's, you know, actors, you're just putting in a cop uniform or a fire, you know, putting in fire gear. So, I mean, they were all, you know, real first responders. So it was all, you know, natural to them. That's great. So tell me like, um, so give the viewers, I you know we, we talked earlier, but uh, the viewers didn't hear that. So give me, give me how, how that even came together on unlisted owner. Um, we, uh, so basically we did the, we did the GoDaddy commercial contest and we did meth house. And then I'm like, you know, I want to make a feature film. And my friend Tyler had just moved back to the area. My friend Gavin had moved back to the area and I'm like, okay, now is the perfect time to try to make a movie. So, um, I, I never actually saw, I'd never seen Blair, Witch, I'd never seen paranormal activity. And uh, so I started researching found footage films. I'd never seen VHS. So I started watching these found footage films. And then I came up with an idea for the found footage slasher. And then me and Tyler knocked out the script and then uh, just cast the rest with friends. The only uh, girl who wasn't, I didn't know before we started filming was Heidi. And that was actually uh, Andrea's friend. And, and she fit right in with us. It was, it was great. So, and then uh, we did a shooting schedule and we just, you know, rolled the dice. These, these were all that the jump in for sight. These were all people you personally knew. Like, the, yeah. So you basically did did what I did. You you drafted. Like you didn't even have a did. You just like I know who I want. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like you know, Facebook. I mean, we started filming Unless Donor in 2011. So I mean, you're talking, you know, very very early stages of Facebook. You know, basically just kids on there you just posted you know you're just talking to your friends pretty much so it's you know so it's like as far as trying to put out a casting call i didn't even know exactly how to go about that i put it in the newspaper put it on the right so i just you know i knew what i wanted and i knew who i had like i said i was just having trouble casting uh griffin's girlfriend as character and then uh, Andrea's like, well, you know, I met Hi Andrea was at a football game and Heidi was there. And I'm like, hey, do you want to you want to try it? Just come and do like an audition. So and basically the audition wasn't to see like how great her acting was. It was just to see, you know, can I get her to show up? Yeah. You know, because that's I mean, you know, it doesn't matter how great of an actor someone is. If they don't show up, you know, that's you know, you're not going to have a movie. So. <laughs> 
yeah, so especially where you're at, because there's you're you're yeah. probably you're, you're limited on on everything, you know, yeah. crew and actors. And yeah. like, I I've been where I'm at, <laughs> dude. There's hundreds, and I've heard nightmare stories out of people. And I've been on so many movie sets where like I see the actor for who they are, and I think like they could act but they're toxic. Like I will yeah. never bring them into my movie set. Like I want harmony. I want people that are good. Go yeah. get it. And you know, you make your movie and then they contact it. Why didn't you bring me in? Be like, hey, remember that movie set we were on together when you showed up drunk, like, like, yeah. like, and, 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 you know, you thought it was cute. It's not cute. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. yeah but it, it was, you know, the, I look back on unlisted owner. I mean, we had so much fun, you know, making it. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I mean, we had a shoot, like, you know, we had a shooting schedule and what scenes we were going to shoot and stuff. And, you know, everybody, you know, learned their lines. I let them, you know, there was some ad living here and there, but most, for the most part, I mean, the script, they followed it. And, you know, for being their first time acting in something like that, I mean, I, I couldn't be prouder of what my, what my friends were able to accomplish. So th th these people were some acting experience or, or, or were not? Uh, None. Uh, Gavin had acted in the meth house thing I shot and then uh, in the GoDaddy commercial contest. And I think Tyler might have done like stage acting one time. But other than that, no one had any. I, I kind of felt that. Honestly, I was like, these they're either like that good at actors, but like I could feel the natural, like especially the way the guys talk to each other, kind of jockey and, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, no talk if you want to yeah. say. But it, yeah. it, to me, it felt like a group of friends that talk yeah. to each that's just how they talk to each other. Yeah. 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 It's uh, you know, it was, it was kind of written as a, you know, like a reality train wreck. Cause you know, reality shows were really popular whenever we were doing yep. this, you know, Jersey shore and all that. So we, you know, we, we basically, I wrote it to where, you know, you had, you know, you had these four friends and two of them have girlfriends now that are starting to kind of, you know, hold them back a little bit. They're not being able to go out as much. And then the other two guys are basically trying to everything they can to ruin those relationships. So it can go back to the way it was. So you have one group that's trying to go forward and the other group that's wanting to stay in the past and Peter Pan attitude of, I don't want to grow up. Never, you know, never. Yeah. So. That's, I, I thought, dude, I thought, that was, uh was cool. And, you know, there's the market's definitely saturated with like the found footage and all that. But like you were, you were there way back in the day, and you know what? Regardless of saturated, I mean, there's a following for all that. People love found yeah. footage. Yeah. I mean, hell, we're we're we're, pro we're finally approaching the end of the Walking Dead, and I still know a million people that aren't aren't sick of zombies. I'm just like, yeah. okay, you know. But so horror fans are horror fans. You know, they yeah. they can't get enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty crazy, you know, because whenever I was going to do unlisted owner, I had people tell me like, Oh, you need to see paranormal activity. You need to see player, Witch," and I mean, they were on my watch list, but I never actually watched them. You know, I'm, I'm a huge classic film buff. Like I yeah. love universal monsters. I love, you know, like Bogart, Peter Laurie, you know, all those guys like that. You know, I love classic film and, you know, found footage. Like I, I just never, I, I never really gave it a chance until, you know, I'm like, okay, I need to see if I can make a feature film and use the resources I have available. And I know I could probably do something that's handheld. So that's why I jumped in and I'm like, okay, I think I, I love slashers. So, and 
I didn't really know of any found footage slashers. So I wanted to make a found footage slasher film about a group of friends that's kind of in a toxic friendship and they you know, st stumble upon the, uh, the incidents that happened the night before. And that's when all the fun happens, you know? Coolness. So you, I, I think it's a, you got a good gig here. You also write for ACM. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, how, how, does, how does this even happen? <laughs> Well, it, it kind of goes back to what we we kind of talked about at the beginning. Um, uh, uh, Alex Magania is uh, the uh, the owner of ACM Official, and he uh, he used to do music videos a lot, uh, like he did some like a lot of Chicano rap, like Mr. Capone and people like that. And uh, he had done, I think he had did three feet or two features i think yeah he had done two features at the time and he was looking for a distributor for his second feature and it was called 29 to live and um he hit me up on facebook and wanted to know about my you know about my distributor and i just you know you know just told him you know well you know haven't seen any money that's you know basically it and he told me he had some ideas for some projects like he was wanting to do uh, like a horror anthology. So uh, he had I guess he had multiple people write scripts. And apparently mine was one that actually stood out and the rest of them weren't that, you know, impressive. But uh, needless to say, he never did that anthology. But then he uh, he ended up doing a contest and it was basically to try to win, uh, I think, some gear or something. So, um, he, uh, he wrote this, uh, script called uh, smiling woman. He sent it to me. Uh, I gave him some suggestions on, uh, of different things with the smiling woman that he put into the script. And next thing you know, the video goes viral. So, uh, I think right now it has like 8.4 million views, which is insane. That, that channel on YouTube for people yeah. to watch, I mean, it, it's hot, yeah. you know, my yeah. mother, man, I, I can't even keep up because there's just so many being yeah. helped it out you know yeah he does a he, he does a short a week which is, i mean there was a couple weeks back where he took a little bit of a break he's working on some uh other stuff that he hasn't announced yet but uh but yeah for the most part i mean one short film a week and i co-write on a lot of them every week me and him like almost every day me and him talk uh, we became good friends over the last few years and you know even if i don't write on something you know he'll ask me you know or i'll give him suggestions and stuff and you know it, it's just so cool because like we'll just be you know just talking about different stuff and then the next thing you know like one of us will have an idea and you know just you know write it out and then bam that week he films it next week it's out and the world world sees it and uh, i dig yeah. it i dig it yeah. a lot so what do you uh what what's next what what's next on your plate well um there's there's a lot going on <laughs> um, you. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's it's been the last few years since unlisted owner came out i mean it, it kind of you know, it took, we did the conventions a little bit after we, after the release and stuff. And then I did uh, 13 Slays Till Xmas, which is a Christmas horror anthology. And then that kind of opened up some more doors because that was the actual first time I actually had filmed something in a traditional setting uh, with, uh, with me making Unlisted Owner, kind of got my foot in the door and people, you know, I started kind of talking to different people and making connections. So I was able to start building a crew and now I have a, like a very good group of people, people that I really love to work with and bring in. But, uh, we, uh, 
Like we just did, we filmed that uh, fake trailer for Radio Tower Road, which is a, a script I have for Rocky Gray's 1031 Part 3. It's supposed to be out this year. So that's supposed to be coming out maybe October. I'm not exactly sure, but sometime this year it's going to be out. Sure hope uh, with a title like that yeah, and at Halloween time. Yeah, it's yeah. time to drop it. Yeah, fingers crossed. And uh, then we got, um, I think it's, Oh, what is it called? I think it's called Flesh Eaters. That was a film that I starred in a couple of years ago. Hopefully that'll be out pretty soon. And then um, there's a movie I filmed. I acted in, let's see, I think it's 2017. Uh, stars Malcolm McDowell. And I think Gary Busey's in it. I'm not sure, which, you know, right now there, <laughs> there's some controversy with I, him. I was there for that, for the record. Maybe not exactly that, but I was, oh. I was, I was, I was at that convention. Oh, but, man. But, uh, but yeah, so, but that's, a, that's, uh, I'm pretty excited because I'm a big Malcolm McDowell fan and, uh, it's just kind of cool to be in a film. I mean, his voice is in the movie, but, uh, and the, for the character he voices as in the scene with me. So it's just kind of a, it was kind of a neat thing, but, uh, hopefully that'll be coming out in the next year. Or so I'm hoping fingers crossed. And then, um, there's a, a film producer in uh, Northern Illinois that made the uh, film uh, High on the Hog. His name's Kevin Lockhart. Uh, we've been t in talks about uh, working on a project together. High on the Hog, yeah. yeah. So, that uh, has Sid Haig in it? Yes, and that also yeah. had uh, Tony Wash was attached to that film. Yeah, yeah. and uh, was a Joe. guest on this show. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we're, we're, we've been in talks about doing something, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And then, you know, me and Alex, we've, uh, we've talked about maybe doing a feature at some point. Uh, we got, a, we got a script that we knocked out a few years back and would really love to be able to make it. So, but like I said, the YouTube channel, it's just, you know, every week, you know, we're, we're working on, you know, ideas or, you know, a script or, you know, he's, he lives out in LA. So he's got, you know, a big pool of actors to be able to pull from, and, um, I mean, as far as crew goes, I mean, he does a lot of it all himself. It's just, I'm, I'm so amazed at what he's able to accomplish. I mean, you know, shooting it and then editing it and then, you know, even putting the score in and stuff and then getting it out all, you know, every week. It's just, you know, it's a, a bulldozer. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then YouTube kind of paints you in a box, which, you know, for me, it's kind of weird because like for me, I'm more creative, like the, 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 like the smaller a box you put me in, the more creative I get as far as like, you know, like YouTube, you can't show gore. You can't, you know, swear because, you know, as far as monetization goes, they'll demonetize you. They'll yep. ding you for, for stuff. It's weird. Cause they won't show like a machete hit a body, but when it's done, they have no problem. If you show the body all mangled on the ground, it, yeah. it's like weird how they do it. You know? Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, and YouTube will, you know, like flag stuff that, you know, there's nothing, you know, even that you that you would see was even remotely should be flagged for an older audience. So like with the stuff we, we have to do, we have to be very, very you know mindful of that. And, it's just, it's kind of crazy because when I first started helping him, I think his channel had like 10,000 subscribers and it was, you know, a lot of music videos and stuff. And now it's grown from 10,000 to, I think it's like 140,000 subscribers. It's just, you know, every, every day we just keep getting more or he gets getting more and more subscribers and it's just, you know, growing and just, just really, it's kind of cool to, to be a part of something like that. Absolutely.
Well, getting ready to wrap this up here, what would you say as a filmmaker, what advice could you give to anybody getting in this business? Go out and make your film. Go out and do it. If you don't do it, you'll always wonder what if. So if you have an idea, you know, and right now with the internet, there's so many resources of how to make a film. Just, you know, just Google. How do I make a film? How do I write a script? I mean, there's tutorials on final draft. I mean, there's tutorials on how to do a shot list. I mean, you know, you don't nowadays you don't have to go to film school to learn how no. to make a movie. Nope. And, and I mean, you know, I mean, with the technology now, it's just, you know, and, and watch movies and learn, you know, learn from mistakes that you see, learn from, you know, you know, things you like. I mean, it's, you know, just and, go out and do it. And I always advise who your team is, if you, especially if you're on the newer side. If your crew is also filmmakers, that's a good help desk for advice. You know, yeah. don't. Yeah. Don't at rock around. I'm the director with an iron fist, and what I like, yeah, yeah. Take a minute, maybe ask. Be like, here's what I'm trying to do here. What do you think? You know, it's it, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or if somebody has a suggestion, yep. and it's not, and it's not in your original plan, go ahead. If you have the time, go ahead and shoot it that way. Or even if your actor, if your actor says, "Well, whims if I do it this way," and you know, sometimes it's just easier just to say, you know, even if you know it's not going to probably work. Just go ahead and just film it that way. And, you know, it prevents an argument, prevents, you know, hostilities on set because yep. the actors feel like that you're listening to them. And, you it know, it keeps their spirits up. And yeah. sometimes uh, it happened in my dark military film. I had a couple people ask if they could do something. And I, unless it was just something that was going to be so time consuming, yeah. I right. said, yeah. And we used, I used like 50% of it. And the other yeah. half of them was like, I guess, you know, this, this, they didn't see what the vision of the scene was like this. This does not compliment or, or match right. anything, but yeah. 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 Because you know, like now you're not, you're not actually shooting stuff on film. So the cost yep. var variable is gone. Yep. So it's very easy. Just, you know, someone's like, Hey, what happens if I pick up this cup? And, and, okay, we'll go ahead and shoot Let's that. Find out. Let's find yeah. out which. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, be open to suggestions. Like, I mean, I know, as a director and a writer, you have a vision in your head, but, you know, making a movie is a team effort and, you know, it's not just you by yourself with a camera and acting in front of it. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to it. So be respectful of people's opinions and suggestions and, you know, just, you know, try to, if it's something that you're not sure it'll work, if you have time or able to do it, just, just do it. And, you know, it helps it, and, you know, make your actor happy and it'll help the overall performance. Sweet. Well, Jeb Bryan, thank you so much for being a guest of Average Superstar TV. Uh, is there any website or any plugs you want to throw in there? Well, if you want to check out Unlisted Owner, you can check it out on Amazon. Uh, you can also check it out. I think it's on Plex for free if you want to check it out that way. That's where I watched it. Yes, it was yeah, on Plex. Yeah, yeah. yeah, on Plex. And then um, if you if you want to get it on Blu-ray and DVD, we're actually getting ready to come out with the director's cut, hopefully in the next few months. So uh, if you can do it that way. Or if you want a VHS copy, you can hit hit me up directly on Instagram. It's at Mr period jed j-e-d underscore brian b-r-i-a-n or you can hit up unlisted owner on the unlisted owner facebook page you just type in unlisted owner on facebook it'll come up or on twitter so beautiful
And with that, I will say thank you for being on the show. I will say thank you to this audience for taking the time to listen to this. We drop the new show every Monday morning at 5 a.m. And with that, I will say please hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. And with that, I will say until next week, the party's over.